Our gospel today comes from John, the 13th chapter. This is the story of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. Now, before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Sorry, I need to start on verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to Jesus, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have to share with me. You have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After he'd washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Friends, grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Each week we send out an electronic devotion. I hope that many of you are receiving it. And this week I asked you to think about what the word service means to you. Now some of you, there's all different kinds of meanings of what service can come to mind. And some of you might immediately think of something like that. The aggravation when your phone says, no service. Terrible. Terrible. I think it's getting better, but you know what I mean. Or maybe you're someone who works in the service industry, and maybe you think of the people that serve us food that have to get it all right, and the customer is always right. Right? Many of us do that kind of work, or our kids do. Or maybe you have a military family or a military connection, and service brings to mind for you the men and women who have given their their lives to serve our country. All different kinds of service. The thing that came to my mind when I first thought of the word service was this sign. We see that a lot. People that are going to get no service, no shoes, no shirt, no service. And I have to throw this one in as well, because in two weeks, 
we will do our yearly God's Work Our Hands event where we go out into the community to serve. And so I hope that you'll be a part of that. There's more details in the bulletin. So all different kinds of ways to define service. And in our minds, it might look differently depending on who we are, where we are, what we do. Right? So studying this story this week of Jesus washing the disciples' feet, I feel like I had a few new ideas of what serving meant. This week we're looking at the fourth promise that we make in the affirmation of baptism. It is to serve all people, comma, following the example of Jesus. Those words that follow the comma are pretty important. They're pretty important as to how we define what service really means. So as Martin Luther would say, what does this mean? Serve all people following the example of Jesus. As Christians, we serve our neighbors, not as we define, but we promise to serve following the example of Jesus. Right? Well, our story today is one that is usually read on Monday, Thursday. It's read then because it recounts Jesus' actions the night before the night before he was betrayed. Jesus was in Jerusalem for the Passover, but Jesus knew that this was about to be this was about far more than just the Passover. Jesus knew he was coming to Jerusalem to die. So he gathers his friends for a dinner party in the upper room around the table where they would enjoy each other's company and share in a meal. But then Jesus did the most strangest thing. He took off his outer robe and he tied a towel around his waist. He poured water into a basin and he knelt down to wash the disciples' feet. Now, this might seem kind of strange to us. It's not something common in our culture. But in ancient times, it was very common. However, this was different because the master does not wash the feet of the servant. The teacher does not wash the feet of the student. This would be unheard of in this time. So I can imagine that the disciples got very quiet and very confused as to what was happening. And as Jesus finished, he said to them, So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Those are pretty big words. Jesus, in his last hours, sits around the table for a meal with those who would deny him and betray him, fall asleep in his darkest hour. But not only that, Jesus kneels down and washes their feet. Maybe serving all people, following the example of Jesus, means to cross boundaries and to get dirty, doing things that maybe make us a little uncomfortable. I want to tell you a story about 
an opportunity to serve that came up in a very surprising and unlikely way. And it centers around one of the saints that I had the pleasure to get to know. Her name was Betsy. And she was from a small town in Wisconsin. She was a farm girl. She and her husband, Glenn, uh, ran a dairy farm. They raised five kids on that farm and led a pretty simple life. But one night, while Betsy and Glenn were out of town doing some other business, something terrible happened to their little town that they lived in. A five or F5 maximum intensity tornado blew through this little village. It was terrible. It was unbelievable in this little town of Barneveld, Wisconsin. An estimated 90% of the village had been destroyed. 90%. The enormity of the disaster would take a long time to figure out, especially waiting until the daylight came. Thankfully, Betsy and Glenn's farm was okay as it sat a few miles out of town. But when they got home, Betsy said to Glenn, I might as well go help pick up the brush. She didn't know what else to do. And when she got into town and saw this, this mess of everything being destroyed, homes gone, everyone in a state of shock, she said, somebody needs to feed these people. They had no more homes. They had nowhere to go. She couldn't do much to help, she felt, but she was a good cook. That was her gift. She'd spent years and years feeding farmhands and kids, and she was a good cook. The result, which came to be called Betsy's Kitchen, was significant in Barneveld's recovery, in the recovery of this town. Victims, volunteers, all were welcome. She fed the workers. She fed the Red Cross. She fed the people. They took a town hall garage that just had a metal kind of frame to it and made a makeshift kitchen out of it. They brought ovens over from the school that they could find. They served more than a 1,000 people the next day. But it was more than about food. She spent hours there with her family and exhausted residents who just needed a reprieve from the pain. The room was big with high ceilings for highway equipment. Conversations were low, almost hushed in the dimly lit metal building. But it was friendly, and it was community, and it was serving each other. There were many volunteers, the Red Cross, the Salvation Army, but it was Betsy who was in charge. This farm girl who knew how to work a dairy farm and raise kids. And across three months, her days stretched to 12 hours and beyond. And days in that makeshift kitchen turned to weeks and months. And soon the community came to count on Betsy and her kitchen for its daily bread. Betsy eventually built a new restaurant because the community begged her to do so. There's a picture of it. It was called Betsy's Kitchen. It was in business for 14 years, and it became a landmark for that community of a place to gather, of all that they had been through together, 
And of course, it always had the best food ever. Truck drivers would tell each other and make sure they made their pass through Barneveld so they could stop there. And it was always a welcome stop for a weary traveler. Betsy wasn't raised in the church. Not until eighth grade did she discover Sunday school, and she took herself there. And later in life, she would say, I always felt that God was calling me to do something, but I didn't know what it was. In a, in a surprising, because of a tragedy, unlikely way, that calling came to life. Betsy passed away in 2014, but the stories of her kitchen are still vividly told in this community and beyond. And her legacy of helping others came out of who she was, and it continues to live and grow in that community. Uh, an interview that she did with the paper back then when this happened was, I guess that the lesson I learned from that tornado, we have to help each other. And it doesn't matter if it's a stranger or whoever. We have to help each other. It doesn't matter if it's a stranger or whoever. She didn't know a lot of those people, but she didn't pause to question that. Most times we don't know what God is up to, how, to, how we might serve. Betsy's story reminds me of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Jesus didn't care who those people were, if they were Jewish or if they were foreigners or Gentiles. They were hungry, so he fed them. And Jesus didn't reject the disciples even though they betrayed him. He invited them to dinner and washed their feet serving those maybe with no shirt or no shoes. Similar to our Wednesday night community meal, people from all over this community come to be part of something. Part of something. To share in fellowship. And of course, there is a hot meal. But it's more about belonging. We serve our neighbors sometimes just by showing up, by being present and sharing our bread. In a few minutes, we're going to gather at this table. Jesus didn't chastise or scold the disciples when they disappointed him. He welcomed them to his table, and he served them by washing their feet like he will do for us today. We remember that the communion table is a place we too can come again and again and again to be forgiven, to have our own Ugliness lovingly touched and washed clean by Jesus to be fed and made new. Sometimes we are the ones that Jesus is commanding to go out and serve. And other times, like when we come to the table, we're reminded of how Jesus humbled himself for us, came here, put on human skin and served all creation serving us today with his cup of grace and his bread of mercy. As he finished, Jesus said to the disciples, So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Serving has many meanings. But Jesus has shown us 
that serving the Jesus way means welcoming the outcasts to the table, protesting the money changers, touching the unclean and crossing cultural boundaries. Like our story today, it sometimes means humbling ourselves, kneeling before those our culture would say are below us. We can never err on the side of love. The same love that serves us, welcomes us, saves us, even though we don't deserve it. The love that God, through Jesus Christ, calls us to show our neighbor. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for loving us unconditionally for welcoming us even when we let you down. And thank you for all the saints, including Betsy, who, like Jesus, have given us examples of what it means to serve in your name. Help us to say yes, even when we're scared or confused or unsure what to do, knowing that you are always with us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.